0: Jarrett Willibram is a 6-1 pro MMA fighter out of New South Wales. A tremendous individual with a really intriguing mindset. He's relatively softly spoken, but his mission could not be called into question. Jarrett is chasing his dream so hard that he is currently living in his van to support his sport. He has spent time training with champions such as Alex Volkanovsky and the Freestyle Fight Team at Freestyle MMA in Wollongong. He is currently getting ready for his Hex Fight Series Featherweight Championship belt at Hex Fight Series 25 on Feb 24th on ESPN. I thoroughly enjoyed having him on. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jarrett Willebrum. Hi, right, ladies and gentlemen. Joining me on the line, Jarrett Wilbraham, Mate, welcome. How are you? Great, mate. Great as always. How are you? Yeah, good. Now, um, I like that you are doing this live from inside your van. Uh, this This is where you live, correct? Yeah, this has been pretty much my permanent home for the last
1: three years. Why? Well, I wanted to devote my life to mixed martial arts. You know, I wanted to really chase this dream, take it as far as I can. I started fighting pro basically straight away. I didn't have any amateur fights. And when I did relatively well in my first three fights, I was three and zero. Oh, I looked at everyone ranked above me and I knew I wasn't on their level. So I wanted to step up. Um, I wanted to level up and get better. And I thought the only way I can do it is to devote all my time and my life to the sport. So for the last three years, the only way I could afford to train full time was to live
0: out in the van. And uh,
1: who were those guys above you? Oh, just a long list. Like, there was, you obviously get ranked um, in the topology rankings. And I was about, I was number 10 in the rankings. So I just was watching the guys that were ranked above me. And yeah, I knew that my skills definitely were not on that level. So um, yeah, I just had to really take that time to, to get better
0: and uh so are you are you working or like what's the sort of what's the day in the life for you so outside of camp i'll
1: um jump on the trowel and lay bricks um i'm a carpenter by trade but also a bricklayer so i don't need to carry any tools really i just need a trowel and a level uh, i can make a few dollars um by laying bricks but in camp i don't i don't get on the trail at all but like lately i've started my own app it's like helping up and coming people that are getting into fighting just like me and it's just content on mixed martial arts tutorials and that sort of thing so that's starting to bring in a few dollars which has been good
0: yeah i was going to ask you about that uh you're doing very well on even just Instagram and stuff with your videos where you break down a lot of UFC fights knockouts people that you show people how how the shot was set up because the average person is just like a huge right hand but you show the whole lead up as to how that that became open. um what started that and why like why the idea of actual the actual app?
1: Well, it all started when I sat down with my manager and he basically just told me what how the importance of social media and what we need to do as fighters. I think fighting's the smallest part of what we do. Um, we only fight maximum like four, three or four times a year. So outside of that time, we have to really be trying to set ourselves up and get ourselves in the public eye. And I wanted to go down the avenue since I'm always analyzing fights anyways. I thought I wanted to show the sport to people that are just getting into it and help them understand that it's more than just two guys throwing down, slugging it out in the middle of the cage, but it's, there's a whole technical aspect that needs to be appreciated. And I kind of wanted to show that. And that's what led me into the breakdowns and then eventually into the app.
0: Is it, uh, has it helped your understanding of the fight game? Cause obviously every little clip you're, you're looking for the intricate details. Oh, absolutely. Like if you look at how often I'm putting out
1: the content, you know, it's a lot of um, time watching fights, analyzing fights and figuring all that sort of thing out. So yeah, it definitely has helped
0: uh, my growth in the sport, no doubt. And, uh, how's the, uh, how's the response? Cause obviously it's, it's quite positive. I think you've got close to 40 000 to 50,000 followers. So you're doing really, really well, but, uh, anyone that's talking about fights ever, is there any, uh, any negative comments?
1: Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> you get that all the time. It's actually, I think it's, um, I think it's pretty good because it's kind of prepared me for what happens when I do get in the spotlight. I'm obviously going to get hate. Uh, like if you're not getting hate, you're, you know, you're probably not where you want to be yet in life. So you're going to get it. And especially from the MMA community, I really don't uh, let it bother me anymore. Uh, I think at the, at first it was kind of um, I guess a little bit triggering in a way, but then I realized that like hate only comes from below.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's that's true. And uh, when it comes to the actual sort of breakdowns, Who do you say it's catered to the most? Is it someone who's never watched a fight before? Is it an amateur? Or do you think you're talking to someone who's like your peer, like a five or six fight pro?
1: Yeah, no, I think, um, to be honest, I think there's certain fighters in the UFC that probably aren't even thinking on that sort of level about setting up shots and all that sort of thing like that. Obviously, I learn a, a lot training here at freestyle with, you know, I'm there with Alexander Volkanovsky and Joe Lopez as the head coach and all the good talent that they bring in. But everything that I'm taught from those guys, I kind of keep out of my fight study. And because that's, you know, the secret source in a way, I'm not going to go and give out what they're teaching me. But when I came to freestyle, I had a pretty good grasp and understanding on MMA and I continue to kind of project those same sort of um, knowings that I had then. I kind of stick to what I was, what I knew before, and keep the new stuff out of it.
0: What uh, What is it like training with, with Volkanovsky? Because it's not just get in the class and start training. Like you said, there would be little aspects that you have to worry about with keeping some things private, some things secret. Like, is it is there a lot of that when training with him?
1: Yeah. Like the guy's just, he's on a new level. Um, he like, obviously he's such a physical specimen, such a beast in, in that outcome, but he's so smart and so knowledgeable on the sport. He looks at things I find a lot differently than other people would look at them. And I think that's what makes him so great is, you know, he's, He's got everything. He's strong. He's powerful. He's explosive. He's mentally tough. He's smart. He's, he covers all the bases.
0: Now, uh, where were you before, uh, training up there with Joe, Joe Lopez? I was on,
1: I was in the gold coast, um, training at potential unlimited under Vince Perry.
0: And, uh, what, what instigated the move? Uh, well, you know, like I was there for two years and it was great. Um,
1: I learned a lot under Vince and, you know, eventually like a lot of the lot of fighters started to leave the gym and go on their own path. You know, they just weren't in it anymore. Um, and then there was personal reasons that brought me back home as well. So it was kind of like a big snowball effect that really did lead me back down here. I also had, um, I also lost a fight last year and that really did push me to grow and get better. I knew I needed to improve. I knew I needed those hard rounds. I knew I really needed
0: to lose in the gym. So I didn't lose in the fight. And, um, what, what were your main takeaways from the the Cody Haddon fight? Um, you know, Just,
1: I guess, game, like having a real solid game plan. I guess I just went into that fight with a different mentality that I was going to just go in there and kind of figure out a way to win. I think I was looking at everything the wrong way. Um, Because of my fight previously before that, I went in extremely calm. I tried to replicate that by getting even calmer going into the Cody fight. And I think that wasn't the right thing to do. I just found it when I got in there, I just wasn't ready to kind of pull the trigger and, um, deliver the fight that I wanted to be in. Uh, and I've learned a lot since then. And even in my last fight, I know if you want the win, you got to go in and take the win. It's about taking that win from
0: your opponent and not just figuring out a way to win. And, um, do you think, I mean, from being in the in the cage with him, do you think Cody hadn't? Because a lot of people have been high on him for a very long time. Do you think he has kind of like what it takes to to make it to the next level?
1: Oh, of course, he definitely has what it takes to make it to the to the next level. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. He's well talented guy. Um, I don't think that's a fight that I'll ever get back. Now I'm fighting it a heavier way, yeah. but I I really wish that I you know, could get that one back because I, you know, they say you've got to prepare for that worst uh, outcome, that worst night. And sometimes you have those really bad days in the gym. And I felt like when I went into that fight, that was just my really bad day. And I just struggled to kind of get it back and it snowballed and just got worse as the fight went on.
0: I was going to say, is there anything that goes wrong leading up to that fight that you think, man, I'm, I'm never, I'm never letting that happen again. Um.
1: Yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses as to why I lost that fight. But yeah, there was just a number of things that happened leading up to that fight that got in my head. My fight camp got pushed back and extended an extra two weeks. I had, I had two weeks to prepare for Cody, and it, and I was battling um my bad hormone levels from the weight cut. I had to cut weight for 14 weeks to get down to Bantam weight. Yeah. I was at like a very low percentage of, um, body fat and you know, the diet, my dietitian wasn't real happy and he was a bit worried about my like testosterone levels and the things that were going on with my body. I was waking up in the middle of the night and I was wide awake. So I would just get up. So I would always run on about four hours sleep. And um, then the camp got extended an extra two weeks. And I think that it um, did a lot of damage to my body where I feel like I'm just getting back to normal now. And I think it's what probably, what almost it's hasn't it been a year now. It's nearly yeah. not quite a year, but it's nearly been a year since that fight. So is that, was that what made you go up further away? Yeah, that was definitely what made me go up. I, I, because i started f- fighting at bantam weight i was just resistant to change weight yeah. classes a lot of people around me were telling me that i was a bantam weight and i guess it just because you make the weight doesn't mean that you should because it <laughs> like for instance, like i weighed in at 61 kilos 61.2 to fight Haddon and on fight night i was 69.7
0: cheers
1: yeah and that's that's <laughs> not good and especially when you're not used to being that heavy like um, it's like you're fighting with a five kilo weight vest on because you're not used to carrying
0: that weight around. Okay. So you didn't see it. It didn't feel like an advantage. It actually felt like, like you said, like having a weight vest on. Yeah. Super
1: disadvantage. I think, I think if I, if you've got a grapple heavy game, obviously you want to be like Khabib and Islam, then yeah, you want to have that weight on your opponent. But if you want to be able to move um, in and out and, move the way that you do. I think you want to be kind of fighting close to
0: the weight that you've been at all camp. Yeah. I mean, hadn't basically looking go going a flyweight most of the time too and and he's fight of the year one against Ersig so I mean that's yeah I guess that's the other side of weight cutting which um, not a whole lot of people think they just think like the lower you can get and the heavier you are the, the, the better it benefits but now that you are at featherweight obviously doing really really well uh, got a title fight with hex fight series uh, feb 24th uh, what are your thoughts going into that obviously a, a very high pressure situation <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I like the high-pressure situations, and I've been saying for a long time that I wanted to fight the most experienced guys because I'm 29 years old. I've dedicated my last three years to this. Like, both my younger brothers are buying houses. I'm out here still chasing this dream, and I don't have all the time in the world. So, you know, I take the fights that people don't want to take. I have never said no to a fight. I said yes to this fight and I don't think anyone wanted to fight my opponent. And now look what the universe has provided me, the perfect opportunity on the world stage. You know, yeah, there's pressure, but there's pressure for both of us because he doesn't want to lose to me.
0: And uh, with Raj then who you're taking on, is there anything of his game that really worries you? I mean, he's a dangerous guy. Like he does, he puts people out. He knocks
1: people unconscious. Um, you know, he's got great spinning attacks, that spinning elbow, he's landed that multiple times. So that that's something to watch for. But, you know, I've finished all my fights by knockout as well, like except for one. So I, we both, you know, we're both the sort of fighters when we go into a fight, we're going to win by knockout. So I think that's going to be, you know, the outcome is one of us is going to be out and I don't think it's going to be me.
0: And, uh, and well, I mean, I guess that, that answers my next question of, of, of what you can expect in the fight. Is there anything different that you've done this camp uh, compared to any others? Well, I'm training at freestyle for one. Um,
1: the, you know, the intensity that we train is so high. We push the, the limits on how hard and fast we can go during the fight. So that's why when you go out there and you watch Volkanovski fight, the man never even looks tired because no fight's going to be as hard as what he, what he, ha, you know, experiences in the gym. And I think that is just, you know, that's everything in a fight. Um, also the guys that we've been getting in, like we got Craig, Craig, grappling. Yeah. he's brought guy over from B team, David, you know, we got guys, wrestlers from America, Brad Riddell, Jamie Malarkey, Frank Hickman. It's just been a great list of all these big names and you're just taking little tools from each one of them
0: and really integrating that into your game. Have you, like, now that you get those sorts of levels of skill in the gym and you get to go against them every day, is this, is this something where you think, man, I can, I can really make it or has it kind of put you in your place a little bit?
1: No, it's... If anything, I th- feel it's boosted my confidence. You know, you know that you can hang in there with those sorts of guys, and that's that's so important is for that. You know, for your confidence is to know that you you've been going against these high level competition, and you you've been doing relatively well. You know, that's the main thing, I guess. Like when you you're having rounds against Volkanovski, you're not expecting to win, but you're just expecting yeah. to have little moments of like something, you know, and that's that's enough because you know if if he say he's holding you down and you're struggling to get back up, you know, if somebody else is trying to hold you down, they're not going to keep you down. You're going to get back up.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's not too many people better in the entire world. So yeah, in fact, there isn't. So you should be pretty confident that if it works on him, uh, it could work on anyone. Now, mate, before I let you go, i uh, ask everyone this. Um, after this is all said and done, how does Jared Wilbur want to be remembered? I just want to be,
1: I guess, remembered by, I just want to inspire people to, you know, put a hundred percent effort in everything that you do. If you do put a hundred percent effort in and you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I gave it a hundred percent. I believe there's no way that you can fail. I, I talk to a lot of people that they say to me, Oh, it's so good what you're doing, chasing your dream. And, you know, they say I had aspirations to do something with music or something with some other sport. And then they, say to me, but I will admit I didn't give it a hundred percent and I have never talked to anybody that gave it a hundred percent and failed. That's just along my journey. So I just want people to know, just put in that effort. Yeah. You might not want to get up every day. You might not want to do this or that, but do you want to fail or do you want to succeed that? I honestly believe that if you do give it everything, you will get to where you
0: want to be. Well, mate, uh, you're you're an inspiration and uh, literally in a van chasing your dreams. Uh, everyone that is interested, you can hit up the Flight Study app or Jarrod Wilbram at uh, Instagram.com. And Feb 24th, mate, I wish you the best of luck. I can't wait to see you on Hex Flight Series uh, and hopefully you bring home the gold. You're the man, Mitchell. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Take it easy.